Hello, welcome back to Bread and Rice. This is Sam. This is Eric. And so today we want to talk about bullying. And so this podcast, this time, will be for an adult audience. Just because I think some of these topics are emotionally and mentally hard. Um, but I guess if you're younger and you're watching with your parents, that's cool too. Um, so first, let's define bullying. So based on the NIH site, bullying is an unwanted per- aggressive behavior by another person or group of people. And usually there's a power imbalance as well. And aggression can be repeated multiple times or is highly likely to be repeated. Bullying happens in school and in other social places and online. So do you have any experiences with bullying? Did you ever get bullied? Not a whole lot. Um, so, I mean, I grew up in Southern California where it's fairly diverse. And there are a lot of Asian kids, you know, in the school district I went to. So I wasn't really singled out. But there were a couple occasions I remember when I was maybe like earlier grade school. Um, I used to take the bus home and it'd drop us off, you know, like pretty close to my house. And then I'd walk the rest of the way back. And I remember one time, um, I was walking back to my house and this group of kids in front of me, one of them like kind of turned around and was like, Hey, Jap boy, kind of like, you know, I, I think at the time I didn't really understand like what it meant or what he was going for. So I kind of just was like, okay, <laughs> kept walking, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think I saw it a little bit like on the bus because you know at, at least where I grew up the back of the bus was kind of where the cool kids would congregate so um, sometimes I'd get on the bus a little bit late and I wouldn't be able to get a seat like near the front so I'd end up kind of making my way to the back and I think some of the kids, you know, I guess maybe trying to sound cool or whatever, they'd kind of put other people down or I'd, I'd hear the conversations that they'd have and they just sounded so mean. Um, I mean, I'd try to kind of keep my head down and stay out of the way. But I remember one time they were talking about like, oh, what do you guys want to do when you like grow up? I mean, this was probably like fourth or fifth grade, maybe. And one of the kids was like, oh, I want to grow up and like work at a Krispy Kreme. I love Krispy Kreme. And then I think everybody was just kind of like crapping on him and be like, oh, that's like a stupid dream. You're, you're going to be a nobody. You're not going to make any money. And I just remember being like, man, like, just let the man dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I think maybe in middle school, um, I did have the opportunity to kind of intervene in some bullying. So there was this kid who had just been transferred to our school. I think I was maybe in seventh grade. Um, and he was like a little bit chubbier, um, white kid, um, wore glasses, looked a little, you know, nerdy. Um, but I think, you know, the, the kids were just picking on him during recess. Cause I don't know, maybe they, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what they're saying, but I ended up feeling kind of bad for him and then I walked over and just told him to leave him alone and then kind of stayed near him and talked with him for the rest of the recess and we ended up being pretty good friends um ultimately he ended up transferring out um 
I think maybe because of the bullying. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, for the time that he was there, you know, we, we ended up talking quite a bit. And then one day he invited me over to his house. And then I remember uh, we like did a lot that day. That was the first time he like introduced me to Halo. So that was like, <laughs> was like, oh, this game is so cool. And then like he had a pool at his house and we went swimming. And, uh, I mean, he was, like, a little bit, like, awkward, but, I mean, so so was everybody else, right, in middle school. And we ended up having a pretty good time. And I remember when my mom came to pick me up, she, uh, the, the kid, his name was Greg, his mom said to my mom, like, oh, I'm so, like, happy that Eric, like, went and made friends with him. Like, he really felt like he had somebody who, like, stood up for him and like somebody he could relate to because I think he was having a hard time. I mean, when you're transferring to a new school in middle school, it's like really tough to make friends, I think, especially in that age group. Mm -hmm. When I started middle school, I feel like that's when people started becoming like mean. Mm -hmm. Like I never noticed it really in elementary school, but then in middle school, I felt like people had clicks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of when it started. So I can kind of relate to like it being really hard to break in, but um, I think, like, just hearing his mom say that just kind of validated what I did, and I was really happy for him, and I, I was pretty sad that he ended up transferring out, but I think I found him on Facebook, like, later, like, when I was in college, and he was, like, super huge, like, built, like, <laughs> you know, he, he definitely is doing well for himself, I think, now. <laughs> oh, that's but, good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that second story because I think it demonstrates just having one friend really helps out. Like, I wish it was kind of, like, promoted in our, in that, like, if you see someone just hanging out by themselves, like, go up and, like, hang out with them. I think there's something called, like, a buddy bench now. Like, if you're out at recess and you want to hang out with other kids, but you don't know how, you can go sit there. And then mm -hmm. other kids are supposed to invite you. I think that's super nice. Yeah. And I know everybody, like, when you're in school, you want to, like, be cool and, like, hang out with the other cool kids. Maybe it was just where I was at in life. Like, I had kind of, like, a group I already hung out with. And I wasn't really worried about being cool or, like, hanging out with this new kid. But mm -hmm. even even if I was worried about that, I mean, just standing up for them and just being able to talk with them for one recess, like one day, that really made a huge difference in how he felt. And you can do that for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one recess doesn't seem like too much. Yeah. I think I wanted to talk about this because we started learning like more stories about it. So I've heard a couple of stories throughout my life about bullying. I don't think I was ever bullied, but I think some of my loved ones were. And so... Because my siblings are autistic, and that means we have other parents of autistic kids around us as well. And so, maybe about like 30, 40 years ago, this lady who was autistic was in school. And the kids bullied her so badly that they set her hair on fire. And that just makes me like really sad, because like, being born autistic, it's not something that you ask for. And the person is different, but it doesn't mean they need to be bullied, I think. They definitely are unique. I think it makes me sad that, like, 
another loved one got hate mail, like, in middle school, like, telling them to, like, go F themselves. In middle school, like, people can't even drive yet. Like, that's crazy that people... I feel like there's a big... I, I feel like in school, like, people care... Our kids care so much about, like, fitting in, right? So, like, it's really easy. I'm not trying to, like, create an an out, you know, for people who bully, but I think it's easy to get into that mindset, especially in school, especially when you're young and you're, like, not, your brain's not fully developed, you know? But, like, you care so much about, getting the cool kids to like you or to to like the same things as you know the popular kids that it's easy to just be like oh like they everybody else is making fun of this person and that's what i have to do too yeah i guess i kind of even like wonder like why people make fun of each other too like if they don't have a good self-esteem or if they are just trying to push boundaries Mm -hmm. or what but i think the world would be a better place if it was kinder yeah i don't know yeah i think the other story that i have is that i remember another loved one who's asian american and she kind of grew up in a town that's mostly white and she went down to sit at the lunch table with like a group of girls and the girls said that she couldn't sit there because she wasn't american Mm. even though she was born in the states and spoke perfect english yeah that I think I have trouble like understanding sometimes like like in the US there are plenty of people who are immigrants and then have children here and the thing that bothers me one of, one of the things that bothers me a lot is when people say like oh you like don't belong here it's like for some of these people yeah they may look different but they grew up here like just the same as you and they don't know any other country than the u.s and you're trying to tell them you don't belong so Mm -hmm. where do they go right right i think that kind of narrative can cause like lasting damage especially if you tell that to a kid who's you know what seven eight years old yeah what are they gonna think right This this is the country they grew up in and these are all the the other people they grew up with and they don't want them here right yeah that's a a crazy effect i think i had similar experiences like when i was six right someone pointed out to me about my eyes that the chinese japanese look at these type of things to me and i was upset because i was like i'm korean like you got it wrong Mm -hmm. i remember like Cause that happens like multiple times like growing up in different ways and I kind of remember thinking like I can't really tell my parents like what are they gonna do about it like mm. what's a teacher gonna do about it like yeah I think you're in a especially challenging scenario where maybe your parents don't relate right mm-hmm. just because you're adopted but mm-hmm. I think like parent immigrant parents like probably experience some of the things that their kids might go through true but that must have been kind of tough for you yeah i also think maybe not saying all second generation kids have parents who don't speak english very well Mm -hmm. 
but I think that's like also a common thing too like if your parents don't speak English well like are you really gonna go tell them like because they can't go talk to the teachers yeah, they can't go right. talk to the principal like mm-hmm. how are they gonna advocate yeah I think that goes back to the statistic that like a lot of immigrants who move here you know they're less likely to speak out and they're less likely to make trouble Mm-hmm. The statistics say they're less likely to commit crimes, right? Because they don't want to get in trouble. They're, they're guests of this country, you know, that, that's the mentality. So mm-hmm. they're more likely to say, well, you know, bear with it. You know? Yeah. And that's like the price that we pay for like immigrating to a new country, mm-hmm. which is sad. But maybe that price in their mind like gave them a different opportunity. Right. It's know. always like... I guess it's pros and cons, right? It's like you might have a a better quality of life, a higher earning potential, you know, in this country, and some of the racism or some of the bullying is just part of it. Yeah, part of the price that you have to accept. Yeah. Yeah. So an NIH website is pretty interesting. They have, like, a bullying videos and training so we listened to some of it. What I found interesting was that they don't want suicide to be linked with bullying because then it becomes normalized. Like, oh, they were bullied so bad and now they committed suicide. They would like to really break that train of thought. So I thought that was really good. Like You're saying if you correlate the two, it makes it more likely? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like if it's always like portrayed that way, Yeah. then... It seems like suicide is a solution for bu- getting bullied mm. when it really, you we obviously don't want that. Yeah. So I thought that was like interesting, like that should be portrayed differently in the media. I think though on the flip side, unfortunately it seems like bullying doesn't get attention until mm. stuff like this happens. And it's like, oh, well, why do we got to fix bullying? It just, when I was a kid, I got, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe with the older generation, they're just like, oh, that's just what kids do. I, I like that it brings attention to the problem, but I also see the point that they shouldn't relate the two because then people start thinking, oh, I'm being bullied. Maybe I should also do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the case that NIH makes is that suicide is a very complex topic. So bullying is part of it. And then there's multiple components as well. So it's not like correlation, it's not causation type right. thing. Yeah. So the other thing they brought up was, of course, the one friend. If you can just stick up for someone when they're getting bullied, that really makes an impact as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good. I think from the adult side, it's interesting, like just creating an environment or these cultural norms to include everyone, to be positive. Um, I think that's something that adults can do as well. Mm. It was interesting to see that the zero tolerance to bullying, like, isn't that effective? Um, and maybe that's because bullying is, like, more complex. Yeah, it could be. I also feel like, I don't know, like, it's like legislate away the problem kind of solutions I feel like never work. It's, It's like the... Oh, don't have kids, so, like, abstinence 100% until you, like, get married. I see. It's, like, I, I feel like maybe, like, telling kids not to do things is not always the most productive <laughs> solution. 
And you, so then what is a better solution? I guess like... I think like educating them, like what bullying looks like. Because I think sometimes people stereotype bullying as like, oh, you have to be like this big kid and this little kid and little kids like getting shoved up against the locker. Mm. And it's just like, oh no, there's like lots of different ways you can make people feel bad. Mm. But you have to recognize them. And then when people start normalizing like, oh, I understand that. That's like physical and this is emotional bullying and this is mm. yeah. I think when people start to understand then they they're in a better position to like speak out or like do something against it yeah yeah so I guess to clarify that it's interesting that the most common type of bullying is like name calling and isolation so like mm. kind of spreading rumors about someone so that they mm. don't have friends or then of course name calling right to their face yeah um so there's definitely different lots of different types of forms yeah i guess that is that why you want like more than just like one solution because there's so many different types of i forms. guess so yeah i think that was all i wanted to share we'll include the link to the nih website in the description i'm kind of surprised you didn't say you got bullied i thought you told me once you did like in high school or like people would call names at you when they drove by yeah i remember like being a freshman and like walking towards the buses and someone called me a chink i think a chink Mm. um but i feel like because i didn't know them and it happened like multiple times but like not by the same person yeah so i don't know and i I still think it's classifies Mm. yeah it's like creating an environment of fear Mm -hmm. for you yeah to be honest i don't know if i registered the fear Mm. maybe i did um so for me growing up because i got my black belt when i was eight yeah you're not afraid of anything (laughs) (laughs) i know this (laughs) and i was good at sports right like i played soccer and football with the guys at recess in your head you're just like Come say that to my face so I can round kick you. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, I was in Girl Scouts as well, and I did well in school. So, like, I was part of, like, the group that did well, and kids knew that the teachers liked me. And so I think throughout elementary school, I was, like, pretty well protected and Mm -hmm. kind of the same through middle school, maybe. Yeah. But as high school got bigger and bigger, I think, I don't know... If it was, like, bullying or fear of, like, being one of the only person people of color in my school. Mm. Um, but I just kind of skipped a lot. I, like, skipped class a lot. Yeah. I... And maybe that was, like, my way of... Reducing contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reducing contact so I didn't get bullied or, like... Yeah, I don't know. Or you just didn't... Get some extra nap time. Yeah, that too. But... Um, I mean, I showed up for all my AP classes and, and did well, but yeah, I mean, I think when you're in high school, you don't really know how to express, like, my identity is different than here, and there's still the Confederate flag waved around in the school. I mean, honestly, I didn't really register, like, all those different things and and how they relate to, like, class and race and mm-hmm. social issues until probably, like after i graduated college yeah 
I feel like there's just a lot of stuff I might have missed, <laughs> like as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you don't really know the words or really labeling feelings yet, and then yeah. how do you communicate them? How do you get action out of them? Do and you then, need action? Yeah, and now we have things like microaggressions and mm-hmm. like I mean. I've, there were probably tons of microaggressions as a kid that I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, just didn't register. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's maybe like why I wasn't like directly bullied all mm. the time. Yeah. I think now, like with social media, it's like a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I had like a razor, I think, a Motorola oh, razor. Up, yeah, up. it was the coolest thing um, in high school, and like. It's not like everybody was checking Instagram and Facebook, like, between classes. Like, that wasn't even a thing. So I kind of feel for the people who feel like they have to keep on those platforms and get all the likes and, mm-hmm. you know, just to be part of the social fabric of school. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think after watching uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, that mm-hmm. documentary, yeah, it really made me realize, like, the like button could really destroy like self-esteem and the comments. I think it's honestly, I feel like it's harder to be a kid now. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Cause I feel like there wasn't anything designed to hack our brains to make it like an addiction, Mm -hmm. right? Like social media, I feel like can be an addicting thing. And then you like weave that into like popularity and status and, yeah and also just everything you do is like compared to the world right Mm -hmm. it's like as a kid you were maybe when i was like i don't know in art class or whatever in high school or like playing music in orchestra like the only people i compared myself to were like my peers you know Mm -hmm. and like like 30 people yeah right and like if you're doing well you're like oh man i feel good about myself or you know it's Mm -hmm. like i have all these things to be proud of that I've done in this local community of mine. And now, you know, you post any of your achievements to the internet, there's thousands of people do it better. And mm-hmm. it's just like, what do you have to be, like, proud about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be the best. Yeah. I think it, it definitely, like, changes the frame of, like, being the best versus, like, being good enough, You're right. maybe, yeah. in society. But mm-hmm. that's only if you're raised with that mindset. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a heavy topic, but I think it's important. Mm. Do you want to talk about the harmony and the the Russian grandpa at Home Depot? That was really fun the last couple uh, of weeks. You can talk about it. I think <laughs> you're more excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> so we are at H Mart buying tea. And then we were walking down the aisle. There's like two Korean grandmas. And then we kind of all four stopped in the same place. So like we quickly grabbed like this huge bag. Yeah, so I was was looking for like barley tea because that's that's the flavor that I like crave when I I think of like Korean tea. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't been able to find like the bagged version. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just buy the kernels and then you'll just boil the water and throw it in. But I didn't know, like, how much I needed, so I grabbed the biggest bag that was, like, there. Mm-hmm. And then... And <laughs> the grandma laughed, and she was like, oh, that's a really big bag. 
Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you only need like three tablespoons to make a gallon. <laughs> so <laughs> she was probably laughing at my inexperience. Like, wow, this kid's gonna drink tea for ten years. <laughs> But she was nice about it. Yeah, she, she was, was like, oh, that's a really big bag. And she's like, oh, I buy the big bag of, like, corn, corn tea. tea. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about, like, old... What'd you call them? Oh, harmony is just grandma in Korean. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like their English is, like, partly broken. Yeah. And, like, they're such small stature. Yeah. But they're so blunt and they're so funny. Yeah. They're just very warm. They're just going to let you know what they think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you asked for it or not. <laughs> but, very, like, but it's not like in an arrogant no, way. No, no, it's not. It's, it's in a funny way. It's really warm and funny. Yeah. Like, oh, the grandma's looking out for us. Yeah. Which she did because we bought a smaller bag. We did. Yeah, so, like, we reconsidered our, our choices. <laughs> And when we were at Home Depot, uh, we bought some stuff, but we were wheeling out like a big, I think we bought a door mm-hmm. that day and uh, had some other stuff on the cart that was smaller and it fell off the cart while we were in the parking lot. And this, uh, who was he? I think he was Russian. Russian? I think he was a Russian grandpa. Okay. Yeah, he like picked up one of the things that we dropped and kind of was like, oh, is this yours? And then we are like, oh yeah, thanks for catching that. And then he was like, what is this for? <laughs> is this like an attachment for the door? It was, it was one of those like foam rollers that you put like on a mini roller to paint surfaces. But he was just like really curious what it was because he was like, oh, I only ever use brushes. And I was like telling him how you could get rid of brush marks if you use the foam one. He was like, oh, my wife always tells me, why are there so many brush marks? <laughs> <laughs> I think you made another joke too. Yeah. It's like, oh, if my wife finds out, I have to redo everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really funny. Yeah. I think we just wanted to share those stories because I think we really appreciated, like, the senior citizens looking out for us. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, an interesting dynamic because, like, their English isn't like perfect so like i feel like they're not intimidating at all mm-hmm. and that they're just like very warm and like culturally i feel like at least in korean culture like the grandmas and grandpas are are kind of looking out for the younger people mm. like i remember being on a bus in korea like with my backpack and then yeah. i sat down and then, like a grandpa like took my backpack so i didn't have to carry it he just uh, like put it in his lap because he was already sitting uh, and then like when i left like, he gave me my backpack <laughs> back but yeah. it's just like such a kind and, like, warm gesture. Yeah. Like, from, like, the grandma and grandpas in the world. Like, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I think maybe it stood out to us, too, just because, like, since we've moved here, we've had some less than savory interactions with, you know, like, old, usually older, like, white folk who, you know, say some things that aren't quite kosher, but... I think in contrast to that, there's there's people out there who are really kind and looking out for you. So I think it's a good thing to remember. Yeah, for sure. Especially during these times. Yeah. All right. That's pretty solid. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah. See you around.